You're listening to an Irreverent Podcast. Visit Irreverent FM for more content from our friends. Hello, everybody, and welcome. My name is Janice Legata, and this is God Has Not Given, an evangelical podcast featuring me and my failing faith and conversations with my friends and family. And this episode is something. It is loud and extremely laughtery. It's funny to me and to my guests because it's full of inside jokes and turns of phrase, and it is generally just a true-to-life slice of our friendship. And this episode is about friendship, so I think it works. You'll see. Episode 2.10, let's go. When I first Oof. <laughs> what? Acquaintance. <laughs> um, you mean, let's, first of all, let's go back. You mean homie, you mean lover, you mean friend. <laughs> okay? So don't try to get on here and like make it seem like you're not obsessed with me. Okay. No, I like that. On the podcast today, my obsession. <laughs> Aramis Grant. <laughs> so Aramis, I have known since June twentieth, 20... twenty twenty. <laughs> Wait, no, June tenth. Tenth. Why do I always think it's the twentieth? Yeah, it's, it is. It's the tenth. It is. I don't know. Yeah, June tenth, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Um. Apparently. We have been swimming in a similar pond for a very long time. Uh-huh. We have a mutual friend that we met around the same time. Mm-hmm. And allegedly, no, I actually met you in 2014, 2015 at a birthday party, possibly? Oh, yes. But when was Scandusical? Because I was there the first time you put it on. 2013. Okay. So, yeah. I definitely saw you then. Did I see you? I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> there was a, a ring of light around me when I entered. I do not remember that. The venue. No. <laughs> and then people thought that I should have been in the play, and they were like, wow, let me get your autograph anyway. What? Well, I what, don't want... what play? A musical. <laughs> 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 it's not called Scanplay. <laughs> Scanlay. <laughs> I can't. All right, stop. We're gonna, we're gonna have to edit. Scandusa play? No. <laughs> That's not what it was stop. at all. Okay. Janice, stop. At all. <laughs> You're gonna have to do so much editing. And it's gonna be annoying because it's gonna have to be audio like turning the volume down every time I laugh. No. <laughs> I'm gonna say this is a horribly recorded podcast. <laughs> It is going to assault all your senses. And it's because Aramis has no home training. <laughs> that's, that's just what it's going to be. So, yes, we met. We've been around the same part, at least one person for 11 years. Yeah. Ooh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all it took was a pandemic. It sure did. That's all it took. Took mass disgust and sadness 
to create more mess, <laughs> more disgust, and more sex. <laughs> Circle of life. <laughs> That's what it is. Yes. So, so yeah, so we have been a mess since yes. Yes, last June. Mm-hmm. Lucky you. And lucky you. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. So, so we didn't we didn't officially meet and fall in love until last year. Mm-hmm. But we've been swimming in the same seas. Yep. Met our mutual friend in the same place. Yes, we surely did. So that was that was a church. Mm. Um, so at some point I was Christian. Yeah. Might still be. Okay. Week to week, who knows? Mm-hmm. So Aramis, yeah. give me three things that to you make someone a Christian. Okay. Um, I think a Christian is someone who is giving, um, someone who is of service to others, um, someone who is forgiving, um, even though I have like some issues with how much Christianity urges people to forgive and how quickly that can happen sometimes. Um, and I think a Christian is someone who understands the importance of healing and self-development. Um, so like, you know, making sure their cup is full before they can give to others. All right. So based on that this week, so are you, are you a Christian? I think sometimes, yeah, (laughs) I I try to be. I'm a little, I'm a little shaky on the forgiving. No, same, same. So based on your criteria, based on what you know of me this week, am I a Christian? I would, I would say so. (laughs) I would say so. (laughs) Yes, yes, you are a Christian. A little hesitation there. Yeah, uh uh-huh. I think, well, you know, considering when we met, officially Mm -hmm. like you know and started kicking it as they used to say um i don't know any stories about you forgiving people not yet (laughs) so you're like but you know stories of me not (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) not yet i don't know any stories but i would say so i know you know some stories of conflicts i've had yes yes i will as will you i will put people outside and be like we we're not i'm not fooling with you anymore right but i don't think that means i haven't forgiven okay i don't i don't think forgiveness always means reconciliation yeah for sure and i agree with that but but we have not had a conversation about whether or not you have forgiven such people so I did not know, but I do think you're a Christian. I don't know how to take that. <laughs> I'm gonna say most of the time, you are a Christian. <laughs> I still don't know how to take that. Well, two, you got two out of three. So, I did. Yes, you are a Christian. I'm definitely Christian-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, all right, so both of us. Yeah. Christian-y. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Christian-y. Christian-y. Um, so how, how'd you get into this, this, this Christian mess? What's, what's your story? My parents, my, mm. I grew, my parent, I was like in 
going to church as a baby. Like, I'm the youngest of four. My siblings had it all before me. They were all, my parents attended a dual language, non-denominational Christian church in Manhattan and like really got tied into it, built a life with the people in the church. Uh, my godmother is actually one of my mom's best friends and someone she met at church. So um, I kind of grew up in it and I, I don't know where that came from really. My mom's mother um, is Catholic, but she didn't attend services constantly. She wasn't super religious. Um, and then my dad's parents, they believe in God, but were also not super religious. So I don't know where that came from with my parents. Mm -hmm. Um, but they started attending, attending services, started serving in the church. My dad was in the band. I was in plays. I was in people's weddings from the church, like very much involved in the church that we went to. And And these weddings you were in, mm -hmm. did the people ask for that? Yeah. They wanted me to be like the, um, what do you call that? The person throwing out flowers. (laughs) The flower boy. (laughs) That's what you call that? (laughs) <laughs> they wanted me to be the flower kid, and that's what I did. So stupid. <laughs> no, I was asked to be the flower girl in weddings for people who attended church, but that's because they were so close to my parents. Like, we were, the grants were always at church yeah. and a part of church happenings. I never knew that. Yeah. That's, uh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So then as an adult. <laughs> when did you start hitting the streets? <laughs> What had happened? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> turned a new leaf, <laughs> turned a few tricks. <laughs> no, no. Okay. So it was around the age of 13 when I was like, I don't feel comfortable with this. And I still can't really express what it was in my thinking at that time that made me say, I'm not really cool with this. Like I'm tired of this. I think I was just kind of exhausted. Also, I'm like new to being a teenager and I'm seeing all of my friends doing these different things. And like in the summers on, there's no like, oh, I got to go inside on a Saturday night because I got to be up super early for church. They weren't, I wasn't seeing that really. So I was like, I want to be able to like make my own choices too. And of course, teenagers think they know everything when they, we know nothing. Um, So I was like, I went to my parents and I was like, I don't want, I, can I not go to church anymore? Like, can I not go to services all the time? And they were hesitant and, and my my mom was like, okay, but there are going to be times that you pretty much have to go to church. So like, you don't have a choice. So we'll give you some flexibility, but there will be times where you will be coming with us to church. Um, so I attended church less and less from that age on. But I would, you know, pop in sometimes. And I remember wanting to go to a service with my mom. I was like 16. And then another time when I was like 19, maybe I I had this urge to want to go to church with my mom. But in my head, I didn't not want to attend services ever again. I just didn't want to go to that church with my family anymore. I wanted to figure out my own thing. So I made a promise to myself in my later teen years when it was time for me to go to college that I was gonna find a church in college. Um, and then I got to college. <laughs> and your girl said, nah, we gonna put that on hold real quick. I'll be back. <laughs> so uh, 
then so i didn't go to uh, didn't go to i didn't go to college i didn't, <laughs> I didn't go to church in college and I did not, um, and at the time I wasn't really good at practicing my faith outside of church. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it meant to be a Christian at the time. Like I didn't know what that looked like from teen years through however many years ago that I figured, I figured out what it looks like for me. Yeah. Um, so it was in grad school, um, very first day of grad school orientation, my, I was sitting next to someone who had a very similar name to mine, and I didn't know that until she stood up and introduced herself. And then I was like, and then we just made that connection because our names were super similar. And then she was like, I'm from Pennsylvania, but I've heard about this church, and I really want to go because they're opening a church in New York City. And that was the church that you and I know one another from and our friend, our mutual friend from. Um, should I say the name? So you've obviously never listened to this podcast before <laughs> because we say the name all the time. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> um, okay, so yes. So I was standing next, sitting next to a girl who had a very similar name to mine. She was like, I'm from Pennsylvania. I've heard about this church, Hillsong. I'm, they're opening a church in New York City and I'm going to be attending. You know, if you're interested, you should totally come check it out with me don't really know you know New York City, don't want to go alone, whatever. So I ended up going with her. This is when Hillsong was very new and I loved it. I loved Hillsong. I was so like, this is what I wanted from a church. Mm -hmm. One, it felt like I could be a part of creating the environment of faith that I wanted to be in because it was so new and it was so small at the time. And then it also felt like I'm looking around at people who are comfortable with who they are and who are like, you know, same sort of demographic, like young folks. Um, I'm, I don't want to say diverse too much because not a, that's not what I would consider diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt comfortable in that space. And I was like, yeah, I want to be a part of this. This feels good. So I started to send and actually ended up um, inviting my parents and siblings to to services a couple of times and they enjoyed it as well. Um, so that's where I'm at. Well, that's where I was. Because, <laughs> you know, ain't there. <laughs> ain't there no more. Um, definitely not at Hillsong. I stopped attending Hillsong when I felt like it was becoming popular in the wrong way. Mm. It started to, to me, cater or care a lot more about image and whose big image was going to be visible at the church than what I signed up for in the beginning or what I wanted to be a part of in the beginning. So it got really big, which can be a great thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like spreading that word can be a great thing, but I just didn't, it didn't feel good in my gut to stick with a place or get more invested and involved in a place that seemed to be more focused on like the celebrity of it all. Um, So I ended up leaving Hillsong, thought that I would find another place. I still had it in my mind. Like I want to find a church home. I want to feel good about. So I checked out a couple of other places. Don't even recall the names of places because I was like, no, it's just not for me. Um, there was one that I went to a, a couple, a few times downtown because I met a girl. I actually met her in the subway. She was like handing out um, cards for her church. So I went to that a few times and I was like, no, this doesn't feel right. And then eventually, and I can't recall exactly what year it was. I was just like, you know what? 
I think church is just going to be within me at this point. I'm not going to attend. I don't need a building. I don't need that brick and mortar to to connect me to what I believe in or what I feel is good or it's not going to stop my research um, or digging within myself or looking to what what I believe. (laughs) (laughs) Why you? You see, you can't ever take anything seriously. I didn't mean digging in myself like that. (laughs) I also haven't done that in a very long time. (laughs) No one else has done that for me in a very long time. This is supposed to be a church, faith, clean podcast. And you over here. <laughs> you over here. Again. have you listened? <laughs> Beyond, have we met? <laughs> Janice, we have. And you know, between the two of us, if somebody had to say the scale of dirty to clean is Janice to Aramis, or Aramis to Janice. You know what I'm trying to say. Anyway. <laughs> it's that... just, it's, where's the clean? <laughs> you the clean. You the clean. That's a stretch. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. That's a stretch. <laughs> okay. So what were we saying? <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, I so, you, so you said religion is not going to stop you from digging in yourself. <laughs> within myself (laughs) I can't Um, yeah so I have not attended church services in a very long time I actually don't really have any interest in doing that Um, I still listen to gospel music which takes me to a level that I still appreciate it was just one of the things I really liked about Hillsong Mm -hmm. Um, yeah girl and meditation Meditation, yoga, stretching, and speaking to the universe and the Lord. I, well, you had me. I know, I, until I said the Lord. But you know what? What's interesting to me is that I still cannot, a part of me cannot let go of the title of Lord and God. I have not, I still have not let that go. But I am because I'm so confused about where I'm standing with that. Whenever mm-hmm. I do pray or meditate, it is to universe and <laughs> and God. <laughs> so whoever they is, they hear me. <laughs> I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So that's that's good. I mean, and you're gonna have to come back on the podcast eventually, anyway. Mm-hmm. Why? Why is that? Because you are going to guide me. And some of these otherworldly oh yes, girl pursuits. Remember, you're gonna yes. take my me for some reading. tarot. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, we have to. Um. So we'll do that. But yes. but for today, mm-hmm. we've established that you chose Satan. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really care for you. Religion in a brick and mortar building does not interest you. No. But what does interest you? It's relationships. Oh, yes. You have a podcast of your own. I do. Deliberate skating, is it? <laughs> Deliberate hating, is it? <laughs> For me. Yeah, exactly. It is called. It's Deliberate Dating. Yes. You are, you've written a book. Your book is being 
It's being edited. Edited. Yeah. About relationships. Yeah, my personal relationships. Looking forward to reading my chapter. <laughs> it's going to be one page, <laughs> and the text is going to be in the middle of the page. And it won't even be text. It'll be an emoji of a middle finger. <laughs> That's all I want. Right. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so relationships. Yeah. How, why, how is this your thing? I honestly have no idea. I want to say that maybe it comes from um, reading and watching movies and TV so much um, and just having this idea of, like, the perfect and ideal relationship. So I started going into relationships thinking this is what I want, this is what I'm supposed to have, and then I would end up in these completely opposite maybe relationships that took it too far in the opposite direction that it just became so interesting to figure out for myself how did we go from possibly having this romantic beautiful relationship with no issues (laughs) to all of these issues madness mess all that and like and in in situations that didn't seem very common at the time, at least, because I started I started writing about relationships in college. So I want to say it's that, like me going into relationships thinking it was going to be one way, but meeting people who were like, no, 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 I'm gonna actually going to take you completely out in the opposite direction. So then it became like interesting to my friends, and they would be like, so it really all started when I was in college, and my friends, I was trying to t- update my friends on like, oh, I met this boy, I met this guy, and blah, blah, blah. And it was too much to like, I was getting tired of telling multiple friends the same story. Mm-hmm. So then it was like, all right, I'm going to create this private blog. Here you go. And then I created a private blog. They would get it, and they're like, this is so good. So then my friends, true friends, <laughs> were encouraging me. And so then I started writing for the school newspaper and had my own column on dating. Um And so it kind of just took off from there. And after that, I was an editor of the love and sex section of a a women's interests website, Um, continued to write about my personal dating experience for different uh, websites, and then finally finished my book after 10 years. And you were there that day that I finished. Yeah. New Year's Eve, 2020, 11.30 p.m. (laughs) I will not forget it getting just just making it just just making it i did not want to come into 2021 without that book done and i was bawling when it was finally done to me like i was like all right that's it for me and i and yes it's about my personal dating experiences but i will continue to date and there will be more stories and hopefully more to write about but not not too many negative things because i've had enough (laughs) that's what you think (laughs) i know (laughs) Because I'm just getting started. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> uh-huh. So, growing up Christian and then forsaking it all, mm-hmm. do you think Christianity affected your view of relationships? Oh, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Because I was thinking along with that, you know, the TV movies and the books, mm-hmm. Christianity told me that marriage was the goal, right? That that's what I needed to do. That was, that's what I needed to be striving for. And without marriage, your foundation is kind of weak. It's kind of shaky. So when I was going into relationships, I was thinking, and it, and I, and it's weird because I still kind of do it to this day. I've 
you know, reeled it in in terms of like expectations and setting them for myself. But mentally, somehow, even though I have questions about marriage for myself and whether or not I want to do that, whenever Mm -hmm. I meet someone, I think to myself very early on, is this someone I can marry? Yeah. I haven't been able to get rid of that thought that marriage is the goal and that's what's really important. So, yeah, I do think Christianity shaped me because it's what I, you know, came up believing was what I was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I mean, because according to all the all the preaching, all the books, yeah, all the TikToks, <laughs> marriage. Yeah. Marriage is the goal. Yeah. Like that's that's the most aspirational, uh, mm-hmm. most important relationship. Right. All the church leaders. Right. They're married. They right. constantly praising their relationships. Right. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. When you consider <laughs> that all of this is supposed to be, you know, based on the life of following the teaching yes. of following the example of right. Jesus, mm-hmm. who was single. a single man, mm-hmm. surrounded by his friends, lived single, died single. Yeah. And even like beyond that, in the in stories or movies or whatever, when, when people have even dared to try to say that maybe Jesus was married Mm -hmm. maybe jesus did date Mm -hmm. like try to add any kind of possible like sexuality to jesus yeah christians get super upset about Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. so it's like they don't even like that they just don't like that yeah you know for their savior right so that's i don't know that's just crazy it is like so many things in christianity it just doesn't seem to line up it's like where did you where did you pull this from or right. how did you twist and turn this one line in the Bible into this nonsense? Right. Yeah. So when you think of Jesus, yeah, have you ever thought of Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> you talk about Jesus from down the block? Yes, we did one time. <laughs> so when you think of Jesus, like yeah. what what kind of relationships come to mind? Like, do you even does Jesus relationally? Do you even think of him in that sense? Like- so I not I never really put much thought into that. But what I could say based off of you asking me this question right now is that I think it goes along with what I said, what makes a Christian. That last mm-hmm. point of like someone who knows the power of healing themselves, developing themselves. So when I think of Jesus and relationships, I think of Jesus as an example of the relationship you have with yourself, which needs to be built up first before you can be with anyone else. So maybe for me, if I was thinking about, you know, the stories I've been told about Jesus Christ, it's like, maybe for me, Jesus unfortunately died before he was able to be with someone because he was doing so much for everyone else and doing it alone. I don't know. But I think of when it comes to relationships, I think of the relationship you have with yourself. So you think of Jesus digging (laughs) <laughs> i am hanging up <laughs> i'm out Jennifer. i'm not i'm not coming back we're not doing the tarot i'm out so yeah so i mean when i was when i was making this up and thinking of these questions mm-hmm. i was thinking about jesus and i was like you know what i know he was surrounded by the disciples and thinking about it now, I'm like, oh, these were his friends. Mm-hmm. But if I'm honest, when I've thought about it before, I've been like, no, he was a leader. 
And these were like mm. his disciples. Yeah. Like it wasn't like an even exchange. Yeah. And I feel like I was taught to think that way. Yes. But I don't think that's actually the dynamic there. That's a good point. Like, I think, I think we can, and we do, like, we all have friends that are better at us, you know, in some things Mm -hmm. and that like, we admire things in them, but like, that doesn't make them our leader. Right. And it's not like, you know, you wrote a book. So if I'm like, oh, like my, my friend wrote a book, but now like, you don't get to be the boss of me just because of that. Right, right, right. And that was a bad example because you wrote a book. (laughs) (laughs) So I appreciate that, but not a good example. (laughs) But I get what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say, when you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, we are, and I don't want to say leaders, but we all shine in different ways at different times in different areas. Right. But right. exactly like you said, like we're all better than others in something. Or in, I don't and know I if don't, I said better. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't like to say better. I maybe I put that that word in your mouth because I don't I don't even like to say better or worse. You know, if you if someone was writing the story of your life, yeah, obviously it'd be about you, right? And then and it'd, it'd be like, like and, and her and Sadiqa and Janice and this, you know, yeah, or whatever. But it wouldn't be like <laughs> she oh, led Aramis. them to. <laughs> divine I mean, matrimony <laughs> with her matchmaking skills. I'm like, sometimes you do lead us to things. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like it depends on the day and who's yes. whatever. We all lead each other. Right, right. Astray in many ways. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so I just think, I think we have not been taught think kind of properly about Jesus's relationships. Yeah. And you know, what his friendships actually were. Mm-hmm. So that's Jesus. Right. How important is friendship to you? It is super important to me, and it's always been. Um, I have This is something I've, I am in a constant conversation with my therapist about because I've had, you know, similar to my romantic relationships with guys that went completely left, I had situations with girls and women who I was friends with and our relationship went, completely left. Um, so I've had some pretty tough experiences in friendships and, and a part of it is my fault because of how important I thought it, how important or not even important, but what I thought a solid friendship was supposed to look like. So in the same way that TV and movies and reading books influenced me to think about romantic love in a situation, in a certain way, I thought about friendships in, in a certain way. And I thought, this is what a friendship is supposed to look like. And I had this list of things running in my head whenever I was interacting with other people. And that's just not what it is. I made it up um, or I allowed influences to make it up for me. So, yeah, I, I, I now on the flip side of that, on the positive side of that, I do think uh, relationships are very important. And if 2020, um, you know, reveals anything to me, it's that, and, and a bunch of us is that we need people and who doesn't want good people that they can trust, that they can feel safe and vulnerable around and comfortable with. Um, I don't know how I started that sentence, so I don't know how to end it, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> people are important. Friend- I think friendships are important, period. <laughs> Aramis, you writing a book? Good thing you got an editor. <laughs> 
Friendship is important. I'd like to try it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Luckily, I have gotten, you know, in my sessions of therapy, I've come to realize that I have always had good people around me. Um, but yeah. All right. So how, how do you friendship? Where have you found your friends? When do you know your friends? What matters in a friendship to you? Okay. So I, most of my friends are from work and school, um, with the exception of our mutual friend, <laughs> um, who I met at church, Sadika. Um, yeah, but most of my friends are from work and school. What was the second question? <laughs> <laughs> Aramis, keep up. <laughs> um, that was the second question. <laughs> <laughs> Was it? Oh my goodness. This is going to get, listen, you have quality reviews on your podcast right now. Expect that to drop drastically after this episode. You know what? If that's the price of friendship, <laughs> I ain't paying it. <laughs> You're not going to post this. You're not going to post this episode. Oh goodness. How do you, how do you friendship? Oh yeah. How do you know? How do you know when you're friends? <laughs> Why you rap? Why you rap moving to me? Um, How do you friendship? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think it's about like giving of time, and I appreciate quality time. Um, so I give my time to people. So I think that's one of the main ways that I maintain friendships. Um, and I know that I am friends with someone when, or like, I feel like I, that person is a friend to me when I feel, when I feel comfortable, when I can like talk to them about pretty much anything. I grew up super, like my mom is very private. She doesn't share a lot. And I, me and my siblings grew up with a lot of that. And I tried to like move away from that because I kind of found it pointless over time and I'm still working on it. Um, but because of all those negative friendships in the past, I sort of, I had been like, I'm not saying this, I'm not sharing that. I'm not spending time with this person. I'll do these sort of things with people. So when it gets to a point where I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do, I'll do whatever I can for you. And I feel super comfortable with you and I can talk to you and be silly, be angry, be happy, be naked. <laughs> That's when I feel like someone is my friend. So based on that list, Janice, <laughs> this week, uh, are this you a friend? <laughs> I have seen you <laughs> naked enraged. <laughs> and digging in myself. <laughs> we friends. We friends. <laughs> Frenemies. Let's not get cute for the podcast. Frenemies. <laughs> We are proud of me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just set me up. So smack it out. I respect that. You know. Um, so looking ahead, mm -hmm. you know, when you're thinking about your life, like how much do you factor in your friendships? And I'm asking this because I think in Christianity, yeah. when marriage is the goal, mm -hmm. I have experienced you know, kind of feeling like I'm just a placeholder. Yes. And so once 
you know, somebody finds their person, I can pretty well expect yeah. to be back burnered. Yeah. If if I'm still on the stove at all. <laughs> right, right. You down in that broiler. Ain't nobody thinking about <laughs> Ain't nobody thinking about you down there with the roaches and the rat. <laughs> Aramis, where you live? <laughs> So yeah, so when you, you know, look ahead, because a yeah. lot of people dream of, they have plans for their marriage and what they're going to do with their husband and, you know, that kind of stuff. And friends just don't really, don't really factor in. So mm -hmm. when you look ahead, mm -hmm. what I'm asking, are you trash? <laughs> I mean, it depends on the day of the week. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, when it comes to, no, truthfully, it depends on the day of the week when I'm trash. But... When it comes to marriage and friendships, no. So when I am looking at people to say, is this someone I can marry? Mm -hmm. A part of that questioning or the answer to that question lines up with, I'm not making any sense, but you're following. Um, a part of the line of questioning to answer, to answer the question of whether or not this is someone I can marry is, is this someone I will feel comfortable bringing around my friends and family? because they are going to be a part of my friends and family. So I don't think I would be trash um, in a serious relationship at this point in my life. Um, because yeah, no, I think I would want to make sure that that person is involved in those parts of my life. And I want them to feel cool with the people I'm cool with. Yeah. 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 Have you in the past ever tried to incorporate those those groups. Yeah. And sometimes it worked with, you know, with certain people, which is, that's, that's going to happen no matter what, not everybody's going to click, but I've had, um, I was in my longest relationship. It didn't, our, me hanging with his friends or him hanging with my friends, it didn't always work, but that was because we had issues between the two of us. So the reason why I think it would work now is because I feel like I've, learned a lot more about the type of person that I would want to be with or would met or do well with. And that is a part of what I would need from them to be yeah. okay with different groups of people that I care about. We're sorry. You have reached a number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. Okay. So we were recording this episode via a video call that suddenly dropped on my end. So I had to sign back in, which honestly took about 30, 45 seconds tops. But when I rejoined the call, it appeared that Aramis was already on another call, so... Wow. You move on fast, Aramis. <laughs> Janice, you hung up on me. <laughs> How are you already in an Uber? <laughs> Wait, whose house are you at now? But at least it cut off right when I finished. It was perfect. It was perfect. You did it on purpose. <laughs> All right. Yes. Bringing the vibe way down. Uh-huh. Because friendships are great. Yes. But they don't always last forever. Mm-hmm. Now that we know. <laughs> I've heard. Right. <laughs> yeah, me too. I saw a tweet the other day and someone was um, basically saying, like, why aren't there more 
more like friendship breakup songs. Like, you know, you got all these love songs, but why no friendship breakup mm-hmm. songs? Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, because I was like, well, as an artist, I would bet actually a lot of love breakup songs are actually about friendships. Because I know that I've written, written love songs and written, like sad breakup songs from that perspective. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I mean, honestly, a lot of relationships come and go. Absolutely. And you don't really feel that deeply about it. Like not enough to be writing. Right. Right. Yeah. A love song about it. Yeah. But friendships, Mm -hmm. friendship breakups. Yeah. That's something else. Yeah. And yet, as a society, uh-huh. we just don't really talk about it. Nope. Don't really teach people how to deal with it. Why do you think that is? Mm. I think it goes back to the idea being implanted in all of us and no matter, like, wherever it came from, whether that's media, family, whatever, faith, the marriage is most important. We don't even hear about, not until, like, I feel like very recently, the relationship between parents and children. It was always marriage. Marriage is pushed so much. So I I think that it's just, friendships just sort of like, you know, didn't make the the cut. What do you think has affected you more, like, long-term? Romantic relationship breakups Mm. or friendship breakups? A few years ago, I probably would have said romantic, but it's a tie. It's a tie for me. And that's actually what my second book is about. My friendships with women and and young women that have gone left but taught me things. So I do have time. What? (laughs) I'm not playing with you, Janice. (laughs) To get a chapter. Stop. In a book. Nope. (laughs) Nope. I don't care what happens. I might even give you the time of day. <laughs> Ugh, fine then. I, fine. We can stay friends. <laughs> no, I mean, what? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> yes, we will stay friends. You're not getting a chapter <laughs> in my book. Next question. Because <laughs> you play too much. Um, Even as I look over this, this last year mm-hmm. and going through this faith evolution, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, ultimately, the thing I was worried about, it wasn't really about God. Like, I don't really have that fear of once the fear of hell is gone. And, yeah, God becomes this idea of, you know, the universe and just divinity. And I don't know. I don't know, you know, what it is. And I don't feel tied to that. It was kind of easy to let go of that. But the thing I worried about was, like, my relationships. Yeah. It's like, what are my friends going to say? What is my family going to say? And how are they gonna, you know, deal with that? Yeah. Um, and it's been, it's been great, in the sense that you know, like our, I mean, you could look at our little friend group in particular. Yeah. And be like, everybody's been, just pretty as understanding as they can be. Yeah. Yeah. So in some senses, like it's been really, really good. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, like I did, yeah, I had a friendship that I lost, yeah. you know, yeah. in the last year. And, and I'm still trying to figure out like how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes I don't know if, if I've just learned how to kind of brace myself. Cause it, I mean, it hurts, Yeah. but I'm also, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I, I can't make anybody do anything. Yeah. I don't want to, 
So I just got to kind of turn this into something else as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can laugh about it, um, but it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt and you right. don't sure. kind of question yourself. But then also there's just that idea of, you know what? Sometimes you, you are going to change and people just can't rock with that. And I spent so much of my life trying to fit into other people's boxes mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, be what other people want of me. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't do it anymore. And honestly, I'm not interested in it. Yeah. And so, you know, not to say I am who I am and I'll never change. And I, you know, I'm never wrong. Like I'm wrong all the time. Yeah. But. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like just now when I said that, stop, I was stop, wrong. Stop. <laughs> you ain't many things, Janice, but you are quick. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I can't. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> we might as well go ahead and make this a deliberated crossover. <laughs> I gotta be digging in myself for a minute. <laughs> 30 seconds stops. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah, so I try not to, I don't know, I honestly try not to think too far ahead. When I envision the future, to a certain extent, I can't help but just kind of, you know, superimpose everything I have now over, yeah. you know, what I'll have then. Mm-hmm. But that might not be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also... I think I try to hold everybody and everything like this. I'm like, you know, come and go as you please. Although some people, once you go, do not come back. Yeah, right, right. That door is closed and locked behind you. Right. So then anytime I feel like somebody's like holding me like this, like that just kind of makes me want to like rebel from that. Like I don't, I don't know. I probably need to talk to your therapist because I don't know if that's, you know, <laughs> yeah. healthy or if it's, you know, just over being overly self-protective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't know. How do you, do you brace for the future? Like when you, when you're in a friendship and it's going good, mm-hmm. are you worried about it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just had that fr- uh, conversation with one of my best friends. So I am really, really close with two people. And I consider them, I'm try. I don't, I try not to say best friends anymore, um, but but this girl really is. Like, she's like, <laughs> out of all the friendships that I've had and all the crap and nonsense, she has been the best person for me to connect with. Connect with. And we lost touch for a couple of years, but we grew up. We we're, from, we're both from the Bronx. Shout out to the Boogie Down. Um, <laughs> Cutting that out. <laughs> we were both from the Bronx. We, we met in middle school. We met in, like, sixth grade so what was the question (laughs) how much do you worry about friendships like when you're in it yeah so I had a conversation with her like last week about how I feel there's this part of my brain that's like I'm totally fine everything is everything is where I want it to be in this friendship she and I are very open with one another but then I told her also that I do well one I do suffer suffer from anxiety or deal with anxiety in general so I told her that I have a little bit of anxiety around our friendship because I don't want it to go south 
And that's mm-hmm. based on other friendships. And right. she knows that as well. And I share that with her again, too. So it's like, yeah, I do worry because I am still my I had a friend of someone I considered a best friend for 10 years. And in 2017, she pretty much told me that it was all a lie for her and that she actually didn't like me. And she talked crap about me when I wasn't around. So that's 2017 is not that long ago. And yeah, I'm working through it, but I'm not there yet where I can feel like this relationship that is so good and so means so much to me is going to dissolve somehow. And I just don't want that. I'm not comfortable with that happening right now with her. So yeah, I still worry about it. That's devastating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. And I didn't, you know, you, there's no way I could have known how I, I would react to something like that or how that would influence how I moved in friendships from that point forward. But it did impact how I think about friendships, how I am in friendships, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I still worry about it. But I but not with everyone. I worry about it with people. Where I'm like, no, I want you around. I don't want our friendship to end with other people. I'm like. Okay, we can talk. About, <laughs> there's there's about three categories. We ain't talking about it at all. Good luck to you. Maybe not even good luck, but bye. <laughs> and there's like, okay, we can talk about this. And if we can't come to some sort of resolution between the two of us, then unfortunately we're going to have to end this. And then there's people like, no, I will fight for yeah. this. I will fight for this friendship. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oof. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, think about life and I'm like I don't I guess I don't believe in forever mm-hmm. but I also believe in in seasons and I, I think the main thing like I don't I think there's a tendency to like vilify people when things go wrong yeah or when things just just kind of you know fade away mm-hmm. and like I don't like when whether marriage friendship whatever it's like <laughs> if it doesn't work out in this time and we're just not moving forward that doesn't have to affect the whole history. Right. I don't like when all of a sudden, you know, and this is what happened, you know, in this last relationship and then hearing, oh, then you start backdating things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and oh, she did this and she did that. Right. This, this meant this and this meant that. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that is. And like, sometimes you can let something go and it can just be gone. And that like, that's okay. Exactly. Yeah. I it doesn't have to be a villain. Right. You know. And I think that's where um, self-reflection and having solid people around you comes in so that you can get those other perspectives. Because it's like, okay, maybe this one negative thing happened and it was that was enough for you. But that doesn't mean every single thing before that. So like going back to my 10-year-long friendship, in the end of it, yeah, she told me something that was pretty devastating. But that didn't take away all the great times we had together. That didn't make all of that not real. Maybe it wasn't the most genuine behaviors, but we still had really good times together. We had a lot of fun together. So yeah, I get what you're saying. Some, sometimes it's just a matter of you need to really check yourself, question how you are operating in a friendship and what your expectations are and if they are um, reasonable. And then you need to hear from other people about like, I'll give another example. Talking to a friend, who has never had a job that he's enjoyed. And he he doesn't think that jobs can be fun and enjoyable because he's never experienced it and doesn't have anyone around him 
who is in a, in a doing work that they enjoy. Right. And I'm like, I actually know tons of people who love what they do just because you have an experience. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. People can like what they do and it doesn't matter what that job is. It doesn't have to be a particular thing. It doesn't have to be something that you've created, but those different perspectives allow you to see things. So when it comes to really harsh feelings and holding grudges and all this stuff and friendships, it's like, no, sit down and check yourself for a little bit and ask to talk to other people about it. And not, not, not yes, men or women, not people who are going to say, yeah, you're totally right. And not push you, but right. feel challenged to think about how you show up in every day. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much I appreciate you telling that story about me. Cause I don't believe good <laughs> jobs exist. That's- that seems um, that is I know is a lie. <laughs> a little over the top, but <laughs> I'm not gonna. You are I'm, a lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna end the friendship <laughs> just yet <laughs> over that. <laughs> when you get the paperwork, there will be other reasons. <laughs> All right. So, final question. Oh yeah. Do you think it's possible? To be bad at friendship. To be this cute. Uh-huh. That's n- no. That's <laughs> no. <laughs> to be bad at friendship. But good at other kinds of relationships. Mm. Bad at friendships, but good at other relationships. Do I think it's possible? Mm, 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 mm. I want to say yes and no, which is not, I don't know if that's if that is pleasing to you as an answer, but... I think it depends on I think it depends on the person you have the relation the like the the relationships with because I could be I could be a great lover and partner <laughs> <laughs> ask about me <laughs> I cannot stand myself <laughs> nor you <laughs> um I could be Ditto. <laughs> I could be a great lover and partner and be not so good of it depends on what that definition definition is to people. So I'm thinking of like someone who like, yeah, we met at work and we we she can maybe this person will consider me a friend. He or she will consider me a friend, but I am not doing things for them that seem like what I should be doing as their friend because I don't feel like we're friends. I'm not there yet. So I think it is possible to be good in certain relationships, but it really depends on what those expectations are, like what the person needs. And, but through, through all of this, the thread for me is, is talking and communicating and learning about yourself so that you can know what you want and don't want and be able to share that with the people you're sharing your life with. So that's my answer. So communication is key. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say it's not possible to be a bad communicator and have great relationships. Yes. I would agree with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I would agree. So as we, uh, so we're finishing up here. Yes. Adamus Grant. <laughs> Aramis. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Aromas. <laughs> you're gonna lose people uh, with this podcast with this episode I'm letting you know now and I don't apologize for it good we're all fake friends 
husband. Now that's a fact. Aramis. Yes. What is something you believe or believe in? Ooh. I believe that every person is worthy of love. Do you want to expound on that or you just want to? No, I'm going to leave it there. You're going to leave it there? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for finally having me. This was ridiculous. Your best episode yet, according to me. So. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know Mm -hmm. who or why they would want to, but in case somebody wants to to find you, where should that psycho go? (laughs) Well, I live on the cross streets. uh... (laughs) No, they can find me at Deliberate Dating, D-E-L-I-B-E-R-D-A-P-I-N-G. Also, feel free to shoot me messages if you are looking for serious romantic relationships because I can help with that as I am a matchmaker as well. Believe it or not, I'm out here helping people find love. Matchmaker, matchmaker. Mm Mm-hmm. Make me a hoe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get fired. So that's that, and that's a wrap on episode 2.10. There's a behind-the-scenes story of how this episode came to be that I can't tell just yet, but when I look back to a year ago, almost everything about this episode, including the podcast that contains it, would have been unimaginable to me. But here we all are, and here I am, thanks in big part to the friends who let me be me and keep me laughing. So thank you to Aramis for being like Jesus and knocking at the door of my heart for 10 years. Congratulations, you finally made it in. But none of you have to wait that long. Go follow her today at Deliberdating and slide into her DMs to find out more about her matchmaking services. And then if you have a minute, slide into the Apple Podcast reviews and say something nice about this podcast. Follow at God is not given on the gram. Check out the blog at GodIsNotGiven.com. Hit the show notes for all the links. Tell your friends. Be well, and I will talk to you soon. I am an eagle.